This is Palm Sunday uh, on our calendar. And as Anthony read uh, at the beginning of the service today, that Jesus rode into town on a donkey and it was prophesied in the book of Zechariah that he would ride into uh, Jerusalem on this donkey, uh, signifying peace. And people were shouting and spreading their cloaks and, and shouting Hosanna to the king. But some people in the crowd asked an interesting question. They said, who is this? Who is this? And you know, I, I think that there are many people in our culture asking that same question today. But they're adding some other words to it. And I think they're saying, who is this God who is so powerful and yet he is allowing all this to happen to us with the coronavirus. Who is this God allowing this? How could God allow us to lose two precious people in our community, in Bob and Mary? And my answer to that is, there are no human answers. We're human. We're not divine. We're not deity. We're not God. His thoughts are way, way beyond ours. We see through a glass darkly. I can't make sense out of it. I know when I was on staff in Virginia, we had two godly families. We had two college students who were dating each other. And those students were brutally murdered. I have no human answer for that. Uh, there's no understanding possible for us to grasp our minds around that. And I'm not going to pretend to be able to put my mind around Bob, God taking Bob and Mary home, because I don't. I don't understand that. And so then it comes down to this. God is God, and we have to trust him. He is faithful. He is loving. He is wise way beyond our understanding, and we have to trust him for what we don't know. And so today, this being a different Palm Sunday, Jesus coming, riding on a donkey, knowing that in a week he was going to be dying on a cross in just a few days to give his life, and then three days later rise from the dead. So we know that Jesus is alive today. And because he's alive, we can get through any storm that God brings into our lives. And so today, I want to remind us, and I want to share with you about living life in the eye of the storm. And I think there's um, some false assumptions that we have about storms uh, that we as believers sometimes can, can hold as well. False assumptions. Uh, the first false assumption is that a follower of Jesus does not have to go through any storms. There are some people who think that once you give your life to Christ, everything's going to be rosy, everything's going to be good. Uh, there'll be no bad things happen to you. Uh, that's a false assumption. Uh, followers of Jesus do not get exemption cards from storms. We don't get to audit the class. We don't get to skip the storm. Uh, we, 
as believers will go through storms just as well as unbelievers go through storms. We all face storms. Uh, Acts 14.22 says that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Many tribulations. So we're going to go through things in this life because we live in a fallen, sin-cursed, corrupt, broken world. And so because of that, uh, we will go through storms. I think of Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, who died. Um, they went through a storm with the loss of a loved one. A second false assumption, I think, when it comes to storms is there will always be a warning before the storm hits. Uh, there are many things that can come into our lives that there is no warning. God doesn't always give us a warning. It just hits us from, and we're blindsided. The, the carpet is ripped out from underneath us, and, and we have no means of understanding where it came from. I don't think Paul was given a warning when he got his thorn in the flesh. Just a messenger of Satan who attacked him, and there was no warning. It, it just came to him. Joseph was not warned that he would be sold as a slave and end up in Egypt. God allowed it to happen to him because God had a purpose. Job was not warned that he would face incredible loss of wealth and health and all his children. It happened suddenly, unexpectedly. So that can happen in our lives as well. Thirdly, another false assumption I think that many people have is I will not have to face any severe storms. That is another false assumption through many tribulations. Life can be incredible. If you read some of the biographies of some of the, the missionaries and some of the most godly people I know have faced incredible, incredible storms in their life. It's just a reminder, we don't know what storm we're going to have to face. But we do know that God is in control of that storm. I think of the Apostle Paul, he was beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, imprisoned, thorn in the flesh, numerous hardships. And yet he said, out of them all, the Lord delivered him. Out of them all. A fourth assumption that people have is the purpose of the storm is to punish me. Uh, that's a false assumption, too. It may not have anything to do with punishment at all. Um, for Job, God wasn't punishing Job. God took him through that and displayed his power through Job's life, his keeping power over Job. And he showcased his power. Um, he wasn't punishing Joseph when he took him through what he took him through. It humbled him, but it put him in a position for a future purpose, a greater purpose that Joseph didn't even know about. And a fifth false assumption I think that people have when it comes to storms is that God is not able to sustain me in the storm. Sometimes when you're in the midst of a storm, it seems like it is so overwhelming. There's no possible way I'm going to be able to make it. I think about in 2 Corinthians 1 when Paul said what had happened to him put them in a position that were, it was far beyond their ability to endure. But he said, this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God is the one we have to put our faith and trust in. So let me share with you four lessons to learn when going through a storm. I think these four lessons, I hope you jot them down and you, you pray about them with your kids and talk about them. 
But four lessons I think that God wants us to learn when we go through storms. And I'm taking this, actually I want to read the account first, and then I'll share these with you. The account comes from Mark chapter 4, um, where Jesus calms the storm. We looked a couple weeks ago at Jesus walking on the water during that storm. Well, this storm, Jesus is already in the boat with the disciples. And here's what it says in Mark 4, beginning in verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So four lessons that God wants us to learn, I think, from this passage today. Lesson number one is that God wants to grow our faith through the storm. And see, God brings these storms into our lives because that's the only way oftentimes he can grow our faith. You know, they say smooth seas make smooth knees. In other words, when the waters get rough is when you and I go to our knees. Now, I have to confess to you, that's true in my own life as well. It seems like when things start smoothing out and things are running well and there's not issues going on, there's not storms, there's not problems, the tendency is not to pray as much. The tendency is to do it myself. And yet, God wants to grow our faith through the storm and by putting our trust in him. You see... He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Faith is belief in that which has no tangible proof. It's simply putting your trust in God because he is trustworthy. The disciples fear. What was the disciples fear? Why were they fearful? Their fear was rooted in their helplessness. Think about that. It was rooted in their helplessness. Where is our fear usually rooted? Where is our anxiety usually rooted? It's rooted in our helplessness. When we feel helpless, we begin to get anxious because now I'm overwhelmed. Now things, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. And God wanted to put the disciples in a position where they couldn't do it. They couldn't fix their situation. They couldn't get their way out. I'm sure they were probably thinking when they were out there in the water, and the storm came up, boy, we made a bad decision. We should have not gotten on this excursion with Jesus. And yet that's exactly where Jesus wanted them. Why? Because he wanted to teach them something they couldn't learn on the shore. And so sometimes God has us launch out into the sea to teach us something that we can't learn on the shore. They had this feeling of helplessness. They were overwhelmed. It was too much to handle. But their self-sufficiency couldn't do it, and God wanted them to look to him. You see, one of the worst places to be in a storm is in a boat. <laughs> I 
I mean, that is not very safe. Uh, you could throw an anchor down, but it's not going to do you much good in a, a storm. They didn't have life jackets. They didn't have a Coast Guard nearby where they could just call the Coast Guard and come in and rescue them. No, the only one that could rescue them, the only one that could save them was Jesus. And that's what he wanted them to see. The only one that can help us through a coronavirus, the only one that can help us through a personal issue, the only one that can help us through a marriage issue, if we got a marriage problem with our spouse, the only one that can help us with a child problem, if we've got a problem with a child, is Jesus. He wants us to trust him. Um, just uh, in recent days, um, I've had to fix our dryer twice. <laughs> it's broken down twice, probably broke down the second time because me, the repairman, didn't do it right the first time. But no, I don't think so. Actually, I think it was a faulty part. Uh, but I do remember as I was fixing it, I'm like, God, please help me. Help me. And if you know me and my mechanical ability, you know I need to pray because my mechanical ability is pretty small. And it was so neat because God helped me fix our dryer. And he is interested in even the, the little things of our life like that, fixing a dryer, something broken in your home. God wants to help us. Kids, maybe it's your homework. Uh, God wants to help you through that storm. Uh, I remember uh, uh, one of our boys uh, struggling through physics. It's like, oh my goodness, what a struggle it was. But God helped him through the storm and was able to help him through that. And he wants to help you as well. God uses these physical storms to show us the weakness of our flesh and our need of him. You see, the disciples' fear was rooted in their helplessness. But the believer's faith is rooted in God's trustworthiness. You see, God is trustworthy, and that's where we root our faith. And when we root our faith in God's trustworthiness, fear has to flee because you don't have them coexist. I'm reminded of a story that I read not long ago about a Mississippi pastor. His name was A.M. Overton back in the early 1900s. And in 1932, he had a wife and three small children, and his wife was expecting their fourth child. And at the time of delivery, there were serious complications. And Overton's wife and his infant died. During the funeral, the officiating preacher noticed a grieving young pastor writing something on a piece of paper. And after the service, the minister asked him about it, and he handed him a poem. And here's what the poem was entitled. He maketh no mistake. The poem that Overton wrote at his wife and baby's funeral became a song. The lyrics are a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness in dark times. I want to read you that poem because I think it fits our day. He maketh no mistake. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache, but in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, my hopes may fade away, but still I'll trust my Lord to lead, for he doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him, he maketh no mistake. 
There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight's far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift and plain it all he'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, he made not one mistake. We can trust God because he's trustworthy. No matter what the storm, God is the one we can put our trust in. I also then want us to consider a second lesson that God wants to teach us when we're going through a storm and we feel like we're in the eye of the storm. The second lesson is that God accompanies me in the storm. God accompanies me in the storm. This is good to know because what Satan wants us to believe is we are all alone and we feel isolated. We feel abandoned. We feel like God is so far away, he can't possibly understand what's going on inside my life. And my world is turned upside down and everything is topsy-turvy and I can't see around the next bend. Well, understand that God is with us. He not only sees around the next bend, he sees around your whole life. All the bends, all the twists, all the turns, God sees them all. And it's easy for us to respond emotionally and react to the storm and forget that God is right there with us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, that God is there. God is our refuge. He accompanies me in the storm. And what does he say he is? He is our refuge. So I have a refuge in the storm. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. A refuge is a place of safety, a place of security that I can run to, and that is God. We run to him in prayer. We run to his word. You see, the disciples, they could have trusted in their knowledge and personal experience to guide them through that storm, or they could have trusted in their boat, but they realized the insufficiency of both they realized they needed something beyond themselves, beyond their own personal knowledge and experience, beyond their, their boat. They needed God. They needed Jesus to help them. And so do we. He tells us that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. While God may have been there with you yesterday, I have good news. He's with you today, too. And while he may be with you today, when tomorrow you wake up, God's going to be with you tomorrow. Each day, every day, all day, God is going to be there with us. We need to run to him. I think under King Asa and his leadership, how they sought the Lord in 2 Chronicles 15, 4. But in their distress, it says, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him. And then listen to this, and he was found by them. He was found by them. Hebrews 13, 6, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So will trouble come? Yes. Will affliction come? Yes. Will adversity come? Yes. Will tribulation come? Yes. It will come to all of us, but we don't go through it alone. 
God will accompany us through the storm, through every trouble, every affliction, every tribulation, every adversity. God is going to help us through it. Just like he was with the disciples. He accompanied them in the storm. He was with them in the boat. He's not only... He's not only just our refuge, but he's our rock. When you think about a rock, you think about a firm place, a firm foundation to stand. Psalm 18.2 says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He is our security. And notice there's actually eight things in this passage. It talks about the Lord, the rock, number one, fortress, number two, number three, deliverer, number four, my God, number five, my rock, number six, my shield, number seven, my salvation, and number eight, my stronghold. What a great verse. Be a great verse to commit to memory and just be reminded that God is there. He is our rock. He is our security. 1 Samuel 2, 2, there is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. We can depend on God for protection through the storm. He's going to be there for us. God accompanies us in the storm. He's not going to abandon us. His eye is on the sparrow, as the songwriter wrote, and I know he watches me and he watches you. Well, the third lesson I think God wants us to learn when we're going through a storm is that God controls the severity of the storm. You see, there's different um, severities of storms. But God controls it because it's filtered through his sovereign fingers and he controls the strength of that storm. We can't control storms or weather patterns. Um, we can't control what comes into our lives. But we have to trust the Lord. And I know I've had things come into my life that I absolutely could not control. And, and yes, I wondered why God allowed it. And yet... I saw the faithfulness of God uh, through it, and you will as well. We need to accept then the storm as from God's hand. Accept the storm. It doesn't mean by accepting it, you understand it. But you're accepting it even if you don't understand it. You're saying, God, I don't understand this storm, but I accept it because I know. I know you love me. I know you care about me. And so I accept this, even though I can't understand. I'm sure Job did not understand what God was doing and bringing the storm into his life. And yet he trusted God. I don't know who wrote this, but I agree with the message they wrote when they said acceptance is taking from God's hand absolutely anything he chooses to give us, looking up into his face in love and trust, even in thanksgiving, and knowing that the confines of the hedge within which he has placed us are good, even perfect, however painful they may be, simply because he has given them. You know, some of you might remember 
uh, the Soul Surfer movie, uh, Bethany Hamilton, um, a, a uh, surfer who began surfing when she was a toddler. And as a teenager, um, at age 13, when she was surfing, she was attacked by a 14-foot shark. And when she was attacked, she lost her left arm as a result. A tragic accident. But what was her attitude? What was her attitude in going through that storm? I'm sure she had some very hard days, and I'm sure she had a lot of questions for God. But as she came through that storm, she trusted God. And here's what she says. As I grew up with one arm and relearned how to surf, God taught me that he can take the hard times that I went through and turn them into something beautiful, she said. I think that he can do that for each and every one of you. He can take what you have been through and use it for good if you are willing to share what he has done for you. She also has relayed to students through the years about living the importance of living for God and using their passions to learn to overcome obstacles in life. At this particular time, this has been a few years ago now, I think when she wrote this, she said it had been 10 years since she had lost her arm. And she said, I would never take back anything I have gone through. I would never take back losing my arm because I know God allowed me to go through something like this to be able to come and share with you the message of hope in him. She reminded the students that through these obstacles and trials or storms that are difficult to bear, God is always at work in the midst of them. She said, I look back on my life now and I'm just in awe that God can take a little girl from a tiny island in Hawaii and use my story all over the world to reach so many people. See, God controls the severity of the storm. That means the strength of the storm and the length of the storm is determined and controlled by God. So I would encourage you to be praying for specific ways and people that God has in your circle of influence with whom you can share your unique story of faith and struggle. Maybe there's coworkers or neighbors or other parents that you've gotten to know through school activities. And I know we're not doing activities and things like that now, but people that you have built relationships with because maybe they're going through a storm right now and God wants to use you and your testimony um, to reach them with the gospel. The fourth lesson that Bell is reminding me that the time is melting away, so I'm going to give you the fourth lesson here. The fourth lesson that God would have us learn as we are going through storms is that God desires to reveal himself to me in the storm. You see, there are some things that God will teach us about himself that we will not learn any other way. How do we learn that God is our shepherd? It's going through a hurtful time and needing the shepherd to come alongside of us and pick us up. You know, when, when uh, uh, shepherds tend the sheep, 
they say sheep can lay down in such a way that they can't get back up their center of gravity. And the only way they can survive is for the shepherd to come over and pick them up and help them get back on their feet. And you see, there are certain things about God and his character that he can't teach us until we're knocked off our feet and we're lying there bleeding like a sheep. And he comes over in our brokenness and our hurtfulness and he tenderly, gently picks us up as the shepherd and loves us. In fact, the book of Isaiah said he holds us uh, close to his heart. And so God wants to reveal himself to us in the storm. You see what the disciples learned in the storm is they learned that God had power over nature. He was able to calm the wind and the waves. God's power was demonstrated through the storm. And the only way he could demonstrate that power was to have a storm. And so sometimes the only way God is going to show us things in our storm is we have to go through the storm for him to show us something he wants to show us. And he shows us that not just for ourselves, but that we might pass it on to somebody else. There are so many times that people have ministered to me as I've heard the story of their storm and that God has brought them through and it's been a great encouragement to my life. And, uh, and I've been able to use storms in my life with other people. And, and as you do that, God is able to minister to other people. The other thing that God taught them was that God's protection is secure. His protection was secure. Nobody drowned. The boat didn't capsize. They made it to the other side. God protected them in the storm. It's important to know that God is going to protect his people in the storm. He's going to help us through the storm. The other thing that I think God taught them was that God's provision was complete. He provided everything they needed when they needed it. Um, there wasn't anything they needed at that moment that God didn't provide. Uh, he brought calm. He brought peace to their troubled hearts. He drove away their fear when he showed his power. Everything they needed, God provided for them. And we've experienced God's protection over our family again and again, and even over my own life. What about even this past week? Uh, Jesus met their need. They needed to know that they were going to be all right. And God showed them they were going to be all right. They needed to know they were going to survive. God showed them they were going to survive. They needed to know they were going to make it through the storm. God brought them through the storm. Uh, God provides for all of our needs, all of our necessities. The Israelites needed food and God rained down manna from heaven to show he's the bread of life. The Israelites needed a guide to lead them through the wilderness and provide. God provided a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God provided for them. The Israelites needed a path through the Red Sea to escape the pursuing Egyptian army, and God parted the waters, and they marched through the sea on dry ground. That's what God can do for us in the midst of the storm. Right now, we are in a storm with the coronavirus. We're all experiencing that storm on this Palm Sunday. But I want us to know that God is still God. 
He's accompanying us through the storm. We need to trust him in the storm. He's controlling the storm. And he is going to reveal himself to us through the storm. God bless you. Let's bow for a word of prayer. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.